Kieran. And I'm Eve. This is Kitchen Table Cult. We're two quiverful escapees talk about our experiences in the cultish underbelly of the religious right. Hi, Kieran. Hi, Eve. Um, so apparently the last time I, uh, had tequila i must have been wearing some really dark lipstick because i apparently drank straight from the bottle and i left a rim mark <laughs> let's get going with this year and in review episode right. and um because 2018 was really bad oh i blocked out so much of it and then i went through the news stories and was like all oh, right that was all this year yeah no we like so we as we've been compiling this list of news articles we were just like Oh, that happened this year? Like, Parkland happened this year. Like, of course Parkland happened this year, but also it feels like it happened five years ago. Yeah, like, I I legit forgot that I went to Sacramento for, because of, like, the Turpins that happened in January of this year. Like, that feels like it was Uh three years ago, but no, that was also this year. No, it's like... uh, several lifetimes ago. So, um, in order to cope with... This year in review episode and covering the news stories, um, we're going to induct you into a tradition um, that has been in existence. God, I've been doing this. I started this with my friend Carmen and um, our friend Leon back in 2013. So this is a five-year-old tradition where we uh, take a shot of tequila to cope with talking about how horrible either our families or the news is. And we yell, fuck the patriarchy. I'm here for it. All right, here we go. And fuck the patriarchy. patriarchy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have girded my loins and I am ready to go into battle. Yes, now that there's tequila, what's first? What's first? Well, I mean... uh, Where to start? There's so much. Uh, So... It's all so bad. Yesterday in Ohio... Yesterday! Only yeah, yesterday! Only yesterday. Like, can't they just, like, take a Christmas break and go home and, like, eat this is, this ham is and nap? Unrelated, this is kind of my theory about why the government keeps shutting down over Christmas. Is there just, like, no, what if we just, like, shut down for the holidays? It's fine. We'll just do that, because, like, fuck doing this. <laughs> Yeah, and everybody will like lose their their loans and their salary right. and their you know access to services and. But that doesn't that's matter cool. because no. the the people making these decisions are just they just need a break. They just want to celebrate the holiday, well, and the entire government should shut down because of it. It's fine. Uh, but Ohio. Uh, but Ohio. Okay, so what? What? <laughs> I'm going to swear a lot. Yeah, this is going to be a swearing here. episode. We started with fuck the patriarchy. So... Yeah. Um, <laughs> what the fuck just happened in Ohio? Yeah, uh, apparently um, Kasich signed into law this thing that um, prohibits the dilation and evacuation procedure of abortions. So, like... So- so basically, a whole bunch of women in Ohio are gonna die of sepsis, vi- like y- yeah, like uterine sepsis. Right. And sorry, that was that was very cis of me. Uterus havers are going to die of sepsis because they won't be able to get dead babies out. I mean, in theory, there is an exception for the life of the mother, but 
we know better. Yeah, since when <laughs> since do they when actually yeah. care? No, that doesn't matter. No. They don't and ever, there ever, are ever no exceptions for rape or incest, so you're fucked. See, they clearly don't right. care. It's like, no. Like they don't they they really, really don't care. And and this was this was signed into law and not the six week abortion ban. Oh my god. Remember when Kasich like looked I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong, he deserves it, but remember when he looked more like less evil moderate? Less evil than what And what now the it's fuck? like, nah, I'm going out. So here, everyone who can possibly get pregnant, you're <laughs> fucked. Go Merry out Christmas. With a bang. Let me give everyone a like uterine time bomb. Like this year, honestly, has made me so happy that I've decided to not have a uterus anymore. And I just feel so validated about that every time this shit happens. And I'm like, yeah, see, this is why I knew it was a good idea as a preventative measure to get this shit gone. Because fuck that. 2018 was a really bad year for me to like have had enough therapy to accept that maybe I do want kids at some point, And that's like terrifying. Yeah. That's fair. It's cool. I'll deal with it. <laughs> it's 2019's problem at this point. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's like 36-year-old Eve's problem. Like, that's not... I'm not going to deal no. with it until after we know how bad oh climate God. change is actually going to be. Yeah. I mean, it's already bad, but like, let's just like see how much of a crisis right. happens. In the meantime, I'm very grateful for my Haiti. Yes. Thank you. Next. Oh, my God. Yeah, so anyway, okay. you're fucked All right, in so Ohio. What else happened? Um, but you're not fucked in Ireland. No. Anymore. Yeah, so you used if to you be. Go to Ireland, if you live in Ohio, you should go to Ireland. I mean, actually, you should go to just not Ohio. You know, it's closer, but... <laughs> uh, I mean, before it was like, if you're in Ireland, you're fucked, so go to Ohio, and now it's yeah, the other now way it's around. Like, They're just all taking turns. They should just, They should set up an exchange program. Do you think Ohio's gonna have like monasteries where, uh, or sorry, cloisters where like nuns are throwing like dead fetuses into wells and burying like 500 of them at a time that way? Uh, I mean, not immediately. Yeah, but that <laughs> yeah. was what was happening yeah. in Ireland. Yeah, I mean, eventually so I can, many, especially so many with children died. Um, whoever the new person is who replaced Kasich, who's way more conservative. But yeah, Ireland, Ireland lifted their abortion ban. Finally, um, Sinead O'Connor is, or Sinead O'Connor is uh, vindicated. Look, I was homeschooled. I didn't. How do you pronounce how to pronounce names? It's it's Sinead, yeah. I think. I still pronounce um, grotesque Grotesque, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I had a I had a friend in speech and debate who pronounced serious Irea. <laughs> Like in the middle of a debate round, oh. like oh my god, this is so what happens bad. when you learn words by reading. Um, phonetics don't actually work. Teach your children at school, not at home. Bye. <laughs> okay, and then and then there was that whole um, oh okay, right? Like, which direction do we want to go? Do we want to go into anti-Semitism? Do we want to go into institutionalized racism? Do we want to go into There's so many choices? Um, more attacks on women, yeah. like. Hey, remember Roy Moore? That oh happened my God. this year. Yeah, that did happen this year. Uh, they had the runoff. They had the runoff in um, Alabama. Yep, yeah, Alabama. Alabama. I was about to say Georgia because I was so obsessed with Stacey Abrams. I mean, they are next door situation neighbors. There. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and it was at Roy Moore, Alabama, and, you know, raping small girls. It's 
Right. And like the the thing with that is I remember working for Roy Moore in 2006 and I remember meeting him and I remember him giving me creepy vibes and I remember all the girls being told not to like be near him because like it was known so it, was like, it was like it was just really hushed it was known he, he like no wonder Gothard is like a fan right of they the are same. the same speaking of creeper um evangelical I people like I learned about this the other day I apparently missed this news story when it happened um what did Jerry Falwell Jr. do oh well apparently he like had a pool boyfriend is that a boyfriend or a pool boy who was a friend? Who knows? That's what's up for interpretation also, at this point. Also, the wife was into it. Like, the wife was in on this right. whole thing. They gave him $1.8 million yeah. to keep their secrets. Right. Yeah, and and there's no, like, alleged sexual conduct or misconduct apparently in the lawsuit but like the implication (laughs) and the amount of money is there especially with like his affiliation with cohen and the implication there being that the like trump's people have been kind of like holding that over falwell's head to keep him in line but there's not a lot of details well yeah right and so okay cool whatever like get your kinky stuff on but like stop judging everybody else about it and also, um, I think it's so funny that this kid, like, look at, the, we'll put up a link to um, the article in the Miami New Times, but um, he looks like one of the Harris twins. He does, which, you know, in our world was just, like, held up as the standard for cute boys, so. Yeah, I mean, he's, like, a more built version of one of the yeah. Harris twins, so, like, props to hotness, but, like, also, ooh, okay, fall well. Right? Honey. Right. What are you right. doing? You're doing. We, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, no, we just wanted to help him start his business and fly around in our private jet and things. It's like, ah, uh, sure, sure, that's what's uh-huh. happening. Yeah. Now he's at Georgetown. I wonder if they're paying for that too. Maybe. Well, I guess like he might not actually be allowed to go to Falwell's school if he's queer, <laughs> since like you can't be queer and go to Liberty. Falwell can't go to his own school if he's queer. Yeah. Right. Maybe maybe he's got a cuckolding fetish, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe he just, like, wanted to. Okay, I'm going to, like, stop speculating. We're going to move yeah. on. <laughs> do your thing, but, like, stop judging people. <laughs> yeah, do your thing, but stop judging people. Speaking of fetishes, Stormy Daniels happened this year, too. Oh, my God, yeah. I did not follow that as closely. What a true American hero. I just love that she's just, like so like frank about everything and she just like she's not ashamed she just happens to have information that's useful and so she's you know doing a public service and um her lawyer is a total shit and is not good enough for her um but i just like really i really admire just like how she's handled all of this no slut shaming here. No, like God, there's so much. There's that's the other interesting oh thing. Oh my God! Oh my God! We got that image of the toad. I forgot Wait, about this toadstool. The, she gave us the image of toadstool from Nintendo. Oh my God! Yes, yes, yes. I forgot about that. All right. <laughs> so what else happened? <laughs> oh, I know. You're illegal now. Oh yeah, I've been. I've been. They've been trying to make me illegal for years now. Uh, it's it's a great like Christmas <laughs> present every every couple months. Reed O'Connor, who's this asshole judge from 
Texas thinks it'd be really fun, like, around the time I need to renew my hormone script to, like, be like, nah, trans people aren't allowed to exist. We, they shouldn't have health care. Let's stop all of the health care protections that, like, trans people have right now. So how does this actually, does this affect you getting your script um, at all? Not in all, California, or? because okay. we have protections. Uh, California has basically taken all of the uh, Section 1557 protections from the ACA and adopted them in our own state health care system. So through Medi-Cal, nice. uh, trans, hormones, surgeries, health care, all of that is covered along with all reproductive needs. Um, gotcha. But I'm lucky in that I live in California. If I lived in elsewhere, it would be a different story and it would be more of a nightmare. Gotcha. So... Are tex- trans Texans like affected by this? I would do, imagine do they, like, have- it depends on their on their health insurance. But what's basically gotcha. happened with the with the ACA and the injunction that started earlier this year or whatever year it was, um, is it's basically up to the individual care provider to give you your hormones or give you your surgeries. So. Uh, I had an experience uh, last year, actually, where over finals week, my script was due to be filled, and I went in to fill it, and the pharmacist looked at my script and just outright denied it. It was just like, no, you're like one day early, and I'm not going to fill it. And like, and and it, he was willing to work with me until he saw what the script was. So I'm like, obviously, you're just trans music. And that's what people face now. And there is no, like, backstop against that. It's like, oh, no, it's just we don't we wouldn't want to have someone who's providing a life saving medication have to, like, compromise their moral values for someone else. So that's that's the state of the world right now is basically it's up to your provider not being a transmusic asshole. Well, I mean. That's not particularly any different than, you know, it was a couple of years ago, but the fact that these protections have been put in place and then rescinded right. is just, like, really Yeah, awesome. and the thing was, so I wrote a paper on this for English, and the day I turned it in was the day that uh, some of the changes were made also, and I was really upset about it. It, like, moved forward into the Rules Committee. The way that they had been interpreting it under Obama's administration was that sex... The the six, section fifteen fifty seven prohibits discrimination on the basis of sex and pregnancy, um, like pregnancy status, whether you're pregnant or having an abortion or whatever. Which is basically like based off of all of um, RBG's right. work and the way that the court, it had for like the last been fifty years. interpreted under the Obama administration and through twenty sixteen was sex included gender identity. So it was yeah. whether you're cis or trans or whatever. Um, but what the Trump administration has been trying to do since then is redefine sex. And and there was this rule that was going through the process through 2016 that was about to be in place. And that's why Reed O'Connor uh, stalled it. That was going to specifically include uh trans identity so it was going to specifically say gender identity and sex instead of just sex and now it just says sex uh-huh. and the trump administration has asked the justice department to interpret sex as your assigned gender at birth <laughs> so it basically just so cute like erase trans people from the definition of sex 
Right. And then speaking of these kinds of protections, Betsy DeVos continues in her little private crusade against Title IX. My alma mater, Grove City, would be very proud of her. Um, so, like, let me just remind everybody how evil Betsy DeVos is. Like, I really, I really want my friend um, Robert at Behind the Bastards to do an episode on her because she's connected to Eric Prince. Like, he's her relative. Yeah. Like, I forgot like about that. Mr. Right? Like, why? <laughs> like, this is like so dark on so many levels. Um, her family is like deeply I- involved in um, what is the Christian College in Grand Rapids? They were the Festival of Faith and Writing is held every year. Um, and so her family is involved in funding that school. Like, and I think that some of their money has gone to Grove City. Probably. I need to check on that again. But but Grove City like is based on this concept of like we don't take federal aid, therefore we get to be exempt from Title right. IX. So there's all these Christian colleges or religious based institutions that as long as they don't take Pell Grants or federal aid of any kind, they are not exempt from um applying Title IX to their students. So you can attend those colleges and lose your job because you're queer or get raped and like It's your fault. Not have your rape yeah, it's your fault and your rapist has to test it at kids to stay Right. Campus. And you're the and one like, who has to I leave mean, that, because you're the one who sinned. Some of them are, are, are okay with how they handle that. Like Grove City has had like multiple professors like fuck with their students and they've gotten like kicked out immediately and they're like um, there were some like reparations made to the victims, but like not right. much and not enough, and not through the the not through the judicial and that's not system. So like, like that's, that's not standard. They're just trying to cover yeah. up shit. Yeah, so it's like settling out of court kind of stuff. But um, so Betsy DeVos is like oh that same kind of mindset is like Title Nine is like too much because Title Nine is again like discrimination d- discrimination on the basis of sex. Yep. Um, and sexual orientation. And we all know that women are evil seductresses who need to be punished for, like, having any kind of sex. Well, I mean, the reason Title IX existed in the first place was so that um, you couldn't give a million dollars to a, your school and have them put it all toward the football team. And they had to, like, fund women's sports equally. That's, like, where it started. Right. Um, and it's evolved to be this 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 really wonderful protection, um, usually in cases of rape or sexual assault, and also like gender discrimination. But um, DeVos is proposing a a rehaul, like an overhaul of Title IX, that would say that those protections only apply at specifically school sanctioned events. Yeah, not just being on campus or at school or with people at school, but, like, only campus events. It has to be a school event, like, a school-sponsored, like... That is such bullshit. That is such (laughs) bullshit. Like, I'm not a lawyer yet, TBD, um, but, like, I would say, like, that probably means that, like, what happens in your dorm room... It's because not an it's event. Not can't, you know, it's not a school-sponsored event. Like, means that you're not under Title IX protection. Right. Or in the classroom, because that's not an event. That's just a thing that happens. Or a school event that happens off campus. Right. Like, these are, like, this is, like, 
I mean, it's kind of like a, we talked about like a trap laws for abortion, where it's like we're going to dismantle the the ability of this protection to um, afford rights in such a way that like it basically like emasculates it. It guts right. it guts the 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 strength. Well, that's of exactly the law. what they're doing with healthcare too. Right. Um, okay, so fun times. What else are they Basically, doing? Basically, so far, we've established that if you're not a cishet white man, you're fucked this year. I feel like that—that oh, that yeah. is what we've we've established now. Clearly, with some of the just laws and trials that are happening. <laughs> but if you're, you know, Roy Moore or whoever, it's fine. There's also been a lot of shootings this oh year. Oh my god! Yeah, and some of them happened this year, and I forgot they were this year. And then there was also I just remembered that entire stint of like bomb mailings that happened all through October. Right. <laughs> like there was, was there that was a homeschooler too? And there was like four different. Wait, hang bombs. on, Kieran. What? That wasn't a homeschooler re- this time, was it? I don't think a homeschooler did the bombs. I think that was a deranged dude okay. in a van. I didn't have any reporters calling me yeah. about that, so I'm assuming No, but Austin. Um Okay, yeah, let's talk about like let's before we get into like shootings at large. Let's talk about homeschoolers acting badly oh this God. year. Yeah. And like let's talk about why we think that they were acting badly this year. Yeah. Uh, I am having more tequila because this is a lot. I'm going to have a shot of tequila uh. and then we can talk about Austin. All right, so homeschoolers acting badly and homeschool parents acting oh worse. So we had um, the Austin bomber, um, which like yes, hello, that happened this year. Oh don't do you remember? Only vaguely. That was a thing. Only like, vaguely. I don't remember all the details I don't anymore, either. and I don't really, I don't really care to. But I just remember reading the story and being like, oh, that dude was a homeschooler, and then as it turns out, homeschooler. Yeah, he looked like, like, the description of him was, like, every dude from, like, Dinwiddie or Powhatan who I grew up going to church with. And those are two counties in central Virginia that, like, if you are a a bubba who doesn't want to live in the suburbs of Richmond, that's where you go to live outside of the suburbs of Richmond. Mm. Um, So, like, a lot of big homeschool families would move out there. Yeah. And so it's, like... This is this is your like middle of the pack, like lots of brothers. They, you know, go skeet shooting for fun. They probably participate in 4H. They and, probably have an arsenal um, in their closet. Yeah, they're they dress in camo all the time and they all have pro Trump bumper stickers on their laptops. And Drudge reports their homepage. Mm-hmm. Like it's <laughs> like it's a very particular type of boy. And so, um, when, you know, we saw the news about this, it was like, oh, yes, this is a kid who wears, like, pleated khakis to church stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at his um, picture now, and I'm like, oh, yeah, homeschool boy. Yeah, he just is exactly what you would expect. And and why are these boys so angry? Like, let's... That's, yeah. Like, I, have, I, I could talk about this for a very long yeah, time. Yeah, and we've actually, but, um, over the course of a couple of years, uh, Homeschoolers Anonymous and Homeschoolers Invisible Children have been writing about, like, this phenomena with, like homeschool boys largely i don't know going crazy and like killing people (laughs) if you want to check out the database it's homeschooling's invisible children and it's um a project that 
um, the Coalition for Responsible Home Education runs, um, where we collect data on dead homeschoolers and homeschoolers acting badly. Yeah. Or even um, just like serious cases of neglect and abuse. In this particular situation, this kind of boy, I mean, it's it's kind of the same stuff as as the shooter in Charleston a few years mm-hmm. ago. I mean, it's like, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's all of these same types of people, but this one happened to be homeschooled. Where you um, you see the world around you changing and you get handed this like worldview that gives you a set of ideals that assumes that you're at the top of the heap. Yep. And when you see the world around you changing, um, this like new equality that's happening and these like these movements forward for rights for other people and marginalized voices having larger space in media and representation and. And stuff like that. It can feel like all your stuff is being taken away. Oppression. Yeah, like it's like, oh no, you have to share your toys because oh, no. none of the other children have any toys. Yes. But you don't care that the and other children have, have no toys. toys you just of... want all of the toys. Now you have five toys instead of thirty-six. Right. And so, oh God, so oppressed. You are suffering. Oh, it's so yeah. terrible. It's a sense of like. There is no place for the old-fashioned, like, patriarch to exist in modern society. And so they just, like, get really mad because this is their inheritance that they're handed as, like, the way the world right. should be. And the obvious solution and they get, is to, like, kill for it. Take yeah. a gun. That's where I don't understand it. But, I mean, I get being butthurt. Right. I understand but, like, being sad about it. But the, like, I'm going to go kill people for it thing. And maybe that's because... I wasn't socialized male. I am someone who has grown up, um, like, with anger as a fairly, like, natural response to some things, and I, like, have grown to embrace anger, um, but I don't want to hurt people. Like, I can be really angry, and I want people to understand reason, and I want people to, like, explain to me their motives and like their perspectives and i like want answers now yeah but i don't want to shoot anyone i sometimes I've never wanted to shoot i anyone. sometimes want people to hurt i don't want to be the one inflicting that hurt i just want them to uh-huh. realize that what they're doing is wrong and hurts people <laughs> i just want them to have intellectual and emotional empathy that makes them like hurt because they're feeling exactly the i want them to understand that, i don't that want them to actually hurt. physically I want them to hurt. know where that comes from and know what that feels like but i don't want like to be the one orchestrating yeah it. yeah i think it, and i think this gets into like being socialized male in this world because you have so much privilege you're socialized to not think about empathy for other people to your your feelings are the only ones that are valid yeah. and everyone should just like understand your feelings but they don't have their own feelings or their own feelings aren't valid compared to your feelings because you're a man (laughs) and what you say goes and whatever it is that they tell people raw raw patriot fight win okay so back to everything i got distracted reading an article about how uh norcal people who voted for trump are really grumpy that the state is so blue and they feel like there is a tyranny of the urban majority in California and it are you talking about the state of Jefferson because this is like not a new thing this is like so old <laughs> I'm not sure if it's in Jefferson are you familiar about the state of Jefferson? Uh, no the state is from Reading but no I'm not familiar with that 
Okay, this so yeah, this dude is from Reading. He's a he's a Jeffersonian. Oh um, wait, so are the yeah, they're Jeffers- the people behind the split the state of California into like six states, right? Yes. Oh my god, okay, that's amazing. No, not six states, but it's like it's like they want to take southern and western Oregon and northern California and split off to make the state of Jefferson where um racism is right. cool and white people only and carry your guns and like let's be the most libertarian state in the union. Oh my god. And it's not a new idea. It's been an idea for like a really yeah. long time. I, I don't I feel like it's almost as old as the state of California. Quite probably. Like it's been it's it's but yeah, so if you get into like Reading and and thereabouts. I mean, I lived there for a little bit, so yeah. I know you'll see flags for Jefferson. Yeah. Oh. Or, or the state of Jefferson. Yeah. When like, I was driving up to Lake Shasta, I saw a bunch of that, and I was like, "What is this even?" That's what okay. that is. It's it's the California separatist movement. It's really yeah. nuts. They're so yeah. Fun there was and also there was so almost a ballot prop this year to split the state into like six different states. That basically relegated like the coast to its own state, and then everything else was like other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, the speaking of California, the, the turpins drove. Not the turpins. The turpins drove off of a cliff, and no, the hearts that was the put hearts. their children in Vegas. The hearts drove oh, off the cliff. The turpins starved their thirteen children to death, or not to death, but to oh, the point okay. of being they, so unrecognizable they, they, as like their age. So they had like a twenty-seven-year-old like who so looked like a thirteen-year-old. I mean, this could be one of our, like, this could be a peer. Like, this could be someone who, like, could have gotten out and, like, worked with us on projects. Like, this. That's the thing that was so heart-wrenching about the Turpins is reading their story. And, like, I was about three steps removed from that. Yeah. So, yeah, we, I I mean, I got a lot of interviews about the Turpins because Rachel was finishing her thesis and so I was pin- it was all hands on deck last year I think everyone of us talked to people it was all hands on deck um, but yeah so and every pe- person was like so did your parents like restrain you and I was like no but like that journaling thing where you have to like copy out bible verses yeah. when you're bad like yep. that's a thing yep. and like oh yeah if you don't behave you like miss a meal like mm-hmm. that's a thing like yeah w- these like the stuff that the Turpins did was very extreme, but, but not, not that far, far removed. removed. It's just the like one more level of isolation yeah. away from what we experienced. Yeah. yeah, people kept asking me if if uh, if stuff like that happened, if we were restrained or like weren't allowed baths or whatever. And my parents were very concerned about appearances, so we yeah. you know never were denied baths. But a bunch of the theology and the methodology and, and the logic behind the turpins and how they raised their kids was very much the same. Well, and I was thinking about this and I was like, my mother is an incredibly empathetic person. Like, this is why she's gotten out of all this stuff. Um, and someday I hope I can, like, convince her to come on the podcast because she's wonderful. Um, still very Christian, but she's not fundamentalist and she's, like, really open-minded in a lot of stuff and very supportive. Um and the only reason we didn't go that route, really, probably, is one, because my father was so concerned about reputation mm-hmm. and how things looked from yeah. the outside. And then two, my mom, like, she would say things like, I struggle with spanking. Like, I know I'm supposed to do it, but it's hard for me mm-hmm. to do it. Like, which, you know, on, on one hand is like, okay, then why do it? Yeah, yeah. Do it. Don't do it if you think that, it, like, if your heart is bothering you and telling you Maybe this is don't. wrong, you're probably yeah, right. Exactly. Maybe don't. 
Um, and she, to her credit, she, like, eventually did, like, stop spanking. Like, most of my younger siblings, like, um, experienced that shift. But, but if she had been, like, a megalomaniac, yeah. narcissist, yep. someone who is unable to have empathy, yeah. like, we would have been right yeah. there. Yeah, the thing that horrifies me about about cases like the Turpins and the Hearts and the infinite number of cases that we've seen is like all of yeah. them on homeschooling yeah, invisible children. Multiple times sat us down and told us that if God told them to kill us, like He told Abraham to kill Isaac, they would do it without hesitation my my Whoa, life oh my god was my only the there thing. by god by them not hearing a voice to murder us like it's terrifying <sighs> the only reason is because my parents didn't hear from god to tell them to starve us to death my parents are not that far removed like i was lucky that they didn't hear that voice in yeah. their head because we would be fucked if they did and i know that yeah, I like hearing t- similar at my comments. core they are those kinds of people i remember hearing similar comments about like yeah like if god told us to do this, we would have to just, like, trust his will. Yeah. Which is not saying we would do it, but just, like, implying that right, they would do exactly. it. exactly. So then there's the the Hart family, which is different but similar. Right. they drove um, off They the also starved their children. So there's, um, there's, there's this whole conspiracy. So they, okay, let me back up and give you the story, just in case you haven't heard it yet. Lesbian Christian couple adopts, is it five? I think there was six. Kids? Six kids? Okay. It's five six or six. Six kids, a lot of black babies. Two sibling sets. These two white women have adopted these black kids, and they were held up as, like, this model couple and these model parents. And um, they took these kids out of the foster system. Like, these children's parents were not consulted mm-hmm. about the adoption. The foster system removed oh my God. that possibility. The, the, like, the story of how these kids came to be adopted is really heart-wrenching. The mother, like, was not that far from having her shit together. And oh. the system just, like, had no empathy and no willingness to be flexible with her. And so she lost her children. And she didn't know that they were dead until she saw the news story. Oh, my God. And she's still, like, she's fine. She could have taken them back. She could have, like, cared for right. them. But, nope, this couple got to kill her children instead. Some neighbors were were commenting that the children were, like, hungry all the time and, like, talked about getting hit at home. And so they called CPS and CPS did an investigation and the kids were, like, prompted to say all the right Mm -hmm. things. So then the couple, like, moves to Oregon so that they can, like, start over and not have anybody tracking them. As as we've seen, it's not an uncommon thing. So many, so So many many times. Same thing. Same thing happens again. And then they take a road trip at the last minute and just drive off a cliff in California. Yep. And two of the kids are not have their bodies still haven't been found. And there's people on like on the internet, like on Reddit, who are like obsessed with finding these two kids. They think they're still alive. But I I, I doubt it. If they were if they were still alive, they would have come out by now. Right. Like I think they're buried in the backyard. Yeah. Yeah. Has that been checked? Like, that's the thing, too. Last year, or it was either last year or the year before, like, this has happened. There was, was it Adrian Jones? I don't remember his name. But, like, this child, they found his remains in, like, 
the pig pen and he was like fed to pigs. Oh yeah, because pigs 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 will eat anything. Anything that is at their level. Yeah. And so if you fall in a pen, you will get eaten by or, them. Or you know, are murdered um, and put into a pen. And yeah, if you're if you're you're murdered and your body's thrown there, that's like I mean, isn't that like straight out of some like classic horror movie? Like that's Probably. the easiest way to dispose of a body. Yeah. I mean the thing the parents who do this are there's so much, so much, so much wrong. Just fuck the patriarchy. Seriously. So the hearts, the turpins, there were a couple others. It's just there's the family in was it in is it Southern California or was it in Arizona? The family that had like their children in a cardboard box and they were exonerated recently. Oh, I don't remember. Well, they basically but I do had remember children living that. like. Yeah. In pl- under plywood shelters and in cardboard boxes on their property yeah. somewhere in the desert. And they were exonerated because the court decided that they weren't going to punish the parents for being poor. That's not... Which is not what was happening. No. You cannot punish people for being poor, but still punish people for torturing their goddamn fucking children. Like, <sighs> what part of... No, it's totally fine to lock your kids in a plywood box if you're poor. Like, no, that's not okay. Being poor has nothing to do with torture. Totally cool to, for like, fuck's sake. keep... To live in the trailer and make your kids live outside like puppies in the dirt. No. That reminds me of, like, a couple years ago, there was, like, that family in Tennessee or somewhere... Who, like, didn't even have a, f- like, they had, like, a three-walled shelter. Are you talking about the Above Rubies people? I think maybe, yeah. I mean, actually, I'm, that's a joke. <laughs> they have a four-walled shelter, but it's also, like, a tiny house. Right. With, like, ten children Yeah, yeah. No, it was, like, this, yeah, it was, like, this, there was, like, yeah, ten, ten children, this tiny shack, dirt floor, so okay, can I can I tell this story yeah. real fast before we get too far afield and then loop back yes. to news? Um, when I was thirteen, I had a pen pal from upstate New York who is part of a big Catholic family. Um, we met on um, the King's Daughter magazine pen pal like request um, personals ads basically, um, and wrote each other letters for a long time. Um, she eventually got out. She's working as a nurse. She's like living her best life. Ah, it's great. Awesome. But, but <laughs> she was one of 17 kids and they, she and her sisters were like, had to sleep in, in a barn that had exposed walls to the outside air. So they were like sleeping under hay bales oh. in the winter or like in the hay to like stay warm. And they'd wake up to like six inches of snow over them. Oh my God. And they were all named after like Catholic saints and had to like no vaccinations, like only herbs for like healing yep. remedies. Like, and I remember thinking like, oh, that's so romantic at that yeah, point in my yeah. life. Like, right, I, well, that's what we were didn't told. Rec- I didn't recognize that as abuse because she had, because there were 17 kids, she had less scrutiny on her as an individual Yeah. than I did. Yeah. So she was more neglected and more abused by the mm. book, but she also had like probably a tiny little bit more freedom right. than I did in some ways, yeah. which is so fucked up. It really is. Uh, okay, so what else have we missed? What do we need uh, to cover? Parkland and Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, Fuck. the shootings. That's where we started, and then we were like homeschoolers. I'm like looking at this yeah. list: Parkland and Pittsburgh. Yeah. More, more shootings. Yeah, and there was also like 
wasn't there a couple like news offices who were shot or did they just get sent bombs i don't remember there was a shooting and there was threats there were a lot of threats so trump has like made the media out to be this target and if you have like a bunch of you know gun toting are angry disenfranchised white men who are you know think that they're entitled to the entire world Mm -hmm. they're going to take those guns and they're going to use them and the thing is like the entire religious right has been stockpiling weapons for so long. I know so many people who have arsenals in their closets. Like, so I'm gonna they're just, just waiting tell for an excuse. Like, one of my gay buddies um, went home for Christmas recently, and I'm not going to name names or locales because I don't want to like give too much information. But basically, this person has had a really rough year, and we bonded because we were both trying to sidestep a lot of suicidal ideation Mm -hmm. so we were keeping each other like on track and like encouraging each other and now we're both doing good and that's great but this person went home and found guns in just like bursting at the seams at their their family's home so like in the closet under the car the seat in the front of the car like just like in a random bag and like are there bedroom. like children? Like, I don't think there are any children still in that home. I think there's niece and nephews who visit. So still super right. sketchy, a little less sketchy, but also just like this is your quote unquote moderate evangelical kind yep. of family. Like this family is like, okay, our son is gay and we're not going to really talk about it. We're kind of uncomfortable, but like we don't really know what to do. So we'll just love him anyway Mm -hmm. but like fuck and and i was at another friend's house um another mutual friend of ours like around the same time when i was struggling with all the suicidal ideation and i was like in the kitchen and i was like just looking for a spoon to like stir cream into my Mm -hmm. coffee and to eat yogurt with in a minute and i was like i just opened a drawer and a gun oh my god no it was a handgun like the drawer like and it was just like Okay, I know there's a Marine in this house. Like, I understand what is happening. Yeah. But also, that's a little terrifying. Yeah, no. Proper gun right safety now, in this is moment you in keep time. your guns locked somewhere away, separate from the ammo, and not somewhere someone could just randomly find it. It was loaded and just oh in a drawer, God. and I, like, was looking for spoons, and I found a gun. Like, Fuck. No. And these aren't, again, these are I, like, like... a Marine should know better, honestly. I'm... Oh, my God. I whined. <laughs> like, I, um, I took a, a gun a safety thing. course when I was 15 years old, and I know better. I have not taken a gun sca- safety course. I have been lectured by many male relatives and friends, and I know yeah. better. Yeah, it's a, it's a simple... It's common sense stuff that, like, isn't followed, and so you have these guns that are just around and available, and people can just take and them. And use them. And kill each other and themselves and shoot up schools and, uh, you know, toddlers can, like, bump the trigger and, like, yeah, die. Yeah, every, every, like, every week when I lived in Georgia, I would, there would be a news story about a toddler who shot themselves or someone in their family because their fucking police cop father left the gun loaded on the table and was a fucking idiot. And I'm like, I don't understand why gun control is such a thing. It's like, you leave your guns out, like assholes and idiots and then your children murder themselves or other people because you can't bother to be safe you shouldn't be allowed to have a gun 
Can I interrupt this with a totally um, unrelated joke that I just remembered because you said the word cop? So, you know, all those lines about Santa watching him and you're sleeping and when you're awake and, you know, he knows if you've been bad or Mm -hmm. good. So be good for goodness sake. Santa's a cop. I mean, I feel like we knew this. (laughs) (laughs) So Santa's like the ultimate cop. If I I don't have children, or sorry, if I do have children... Um, we're going to believe in other things rather than Santa because Santa's right, a cop. obviously. And that's like, that's the narrative that you should just like push. It's like, Santa's fascist. Santa's a cop. Santa's the fash. Fuck Santa. <laughs> I mean, he's wearing red as, as a disguise so he can like look like he's right, a cop, but, he's, but not. he's not. It's just, he's really a cop. I mean, if you've watched Rudolph and like any of those stories where like the elves are being like mistreated and they can't right. unionize and Rudolph is being like shamed Santa for Santa is having, a goddamn he, fascist. Fuck that dude. Santa's a fascist. Okay. Um, this has been a sidebar with Eve because it's needed I right now. needed a moment of comic relief because I think, I think the title, title for this should be Santa's fascist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll be like, just wait yes. for it, guys. Just, <laughs> just wait. wait for it. Eventually you'll get to it. <laughs> Eventually the title will become clear. <laughs> <laughs> um uh. Ooh, okay. Um, but fascism. Speaking yeah. of fascists, what? <laughs> um, Jair Bolsonaro is elected in Brazil. Oh right, as yeah, that fascist. Who like makes Trump look like a cakewalk? Oh I like. I didn't know that was possible, but apparently he's like more Trump than Trump. I feel like Trump should feel like I feel like his masculinity is so fragile that should make him feel threatened. Yeah, so Jared Bolsonaro, um, like there's a really good episode covering how fascist he is. But um, again, on the same podcast I mentioned earlier, Behind the Bastards, with, um, that my friend Robert does, where it's like, yeah, you you have no idea how bad it could be under Trump yeah. because Trump is like actually he doesn't particularly believe in anything, yep. so he's very. He's very, I mean, besides his wall. Right. Um, that, you know, we're shutting the government think, down over. Do you, can I, can I again, sidebar here. Um, do you think that his mother, when she taught him about condoms, used euphemisms like wall for protection? I mean, I feel like. I'm, that would explain his fascination with it. It would, but that also assumes that like his mom taught him about condoms. Oh, right. His mom was like a, a shut-in who like didn't talk to him after he, she was like hospitalized for a miscarriage or like a, bat, a hysterectomy gone wrong. And like after he was three, basically like abandoned him. Anyway, um, lots of child neglect happening in this episode. <laughs> Very fun. Uh, yeah, so Jared Bolsonaro is like pretty fucking bad. And um, my condolences to all of our LGTB, LGBTQ friends um, down there, because I feel like their likelihood of surviving that is a lot lower than ours is here. Yeah. Like, it's scary enough living in California, and I'm like, no. California is, California like, is safe. Land. California is working hard to sustain itself and become a safe space for basically all of the queers who need to move out here. Speaking of queers who need to move out there, um, there were a couple books that got published this year that we're excited about that we wanted to. Oh about. yeah, books! Fun um, things now. So, what books do we are we excited about? Uh, I was told about this book that I haven't read yet, um, called Quiver, 
which is a young adult fiction novel, but about a coverful daughter. Uh, that reminds me the like little blip that I read on it or read about it on Goodreads reminds me a lot of Devoted, but slightly different. So it looks interesting. By our dear friend Jennifer Matu, yeah. who is a YA author and um, has written some really fabulous books. But one of her early ones is a book called Devoted, which she used us as sources yeah. for. Uh, so Quiver looks to be another book that's in a similar vein, and it won a Lambda and. I should ask my library about it over break uh, to read it. Cool. We'll see. Speaking of Lambdas and books that should win Lambdas, um, I mean, it's not a young adult novel, so it's not going to, but um, Boy Erased is a um, memoir that came out, I guess, a year ago. That's the one I was trying to remember the name Um, of yesterday, too. Yeah, Boy Erased. um, And I have... Since it came out, I've been introduced to and become friends with the author, Gary Conley. And he is just marvelous. Like, a really, really um, kind and empathetic human. Like, we (laughs) connected more about the fact that we both had to go back into the closet to go into the Peace Corps. Mm. Than about our experiences in evangelical, funny culture. But he wrote this memoir about that world and about how he went to a Christian college and started dating a guy, got raped by this guy, and the guy outed him to his parents. Oh, fucking dick. Right right before his father was about to be ordained as oh. a minister. So he had to go to conversion therapy no. so that he would be, like, not gay by the time his dad got confirmed in the ministry. Oh, my God. It's intense. It's one of the best. Like, this book, for all of the other things about it, one of the things that I appreciated the most about this memoir is how well Garrett describes the experience of guilt. Mm. Like the ingrained, constant, like drip, drip, drip of like super saturated guilt in Christian culture. Yeah. And just like how that permeates all of your thoughts and just like the the emotion of guilt for being who you are and for being sinful is just really well described and depicted in that um the conversion therapy stuff is very intense and spoiler alert like they made a movie out of this book because it was has such a compelling um conclusion Mm -hmm. where the mom basically confronts him and is like hey like this treatment is clearly doing some intense things to you are you okay and he's like no "No, i'm I'm gonna kill myself (laughs) and she's like well, you can't kill yourself, so I'm taking you out. And she, like, pulls him from conversion therapy and is like, this is just how it is. My son is gay. And so she accepts him. And the movie um, that they made, it's a feature film. Russell Crowe plays his preacher dad. Um, Lucas Hedges plays Holy him. Holy shit. I didn't realize Russell Crowe was like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, Troy Sivan um, shows up as, like, a minor character and also wrote an original song for it. And um, Nicole Kidman plays his mom. And Nicole Kidman does a great job of impersonating this, like, super femme, like, high femme southern belle of a woman who, like, is more decked out than your average drag queen and is like, fuck no, I am here for my son. And it's beautiful. It's a really good story. It's great. Um, So watch the movie or read the book. And then the other one that we um, were super excited about 
And President Obama is super excited about, too. He, like, recommended it. It was one of the books that he read this year and loved a lot. Is called Educated by Tara mm-hmm. Westover. Have you read it I yet? have not read it, but my math teacher read it and told me about it and was really happy about oh. it because she was like, oh, my God, I understand, like, where you're coming from now. I, I had a professor do the same thing where she was – we were, like, doing introductions in class, and she was like, wait, wait, wait. So you mean you grew up, like, educated? And I was like – Yes. Less junkyard violence, but yes. Yeah, yeah. So – Yeah, I was like, I haven't read it. Her- I'll – that's later, but I'm glad that you understand me now. <laughs> Seriously, that book made me cry so hard. I have to go re- back and reread it. It's beautifully written. Like the prose is just yeah. Like now that I don't have to read like, a Taste of Power or be in school, uh, I can like read other things now. Educated has lucid lyrical prose. Um, the descriptions and the voices are good. Like, like besides the plot, besides all of that, the writing is just gorgeous it's not too precious Mm -hmm. it's just lush which is why it's done so well i think it's just like the writing is so fucking great so this woman grew up mormon in idaho um if you've heard the story of like a standoff where like a homeschool homesteading dad was and family were like killed by the i think the fbi or national guard something like that there was like a standoff it was like the same kind of family they knew that family so the news is, like, that story is threaded mm-hmm. throughout. But so she was more unschooled rather than homeschooled. Her father, like, ran a junkyard, and she helped work on it. Her older brother was super abusive, and, like, the whole entire family was, like, conspiring to ignore his abuse. Her mom worked as a midwife um, and, like, was very into herbal healing. And Tara just, like, taught herself everything she needed to get out of that town and get to Bob Jones. Not Bob Jones. Um, Brigham Young University, yeah. um, BYU. And she gets to BYU and she gets to do a study abroad and she meets someone at Oxford who basically like advocates for her and gets her accepted to Oxford for graduate school. And then she goes to Harvard for a PhD. Her PhD or her master's. I, either way, she studies at Oxford for a bit. She goes to Harvard and while she's at Harvard, she, like, owns up to, like, my older brother was super abusive and trying to confront her parents about it. And her parents are like, yeah, we're, like, fucking disowning you or this because we believe him, oh not you. Um, and it's this whole thing. So she lives in England now. She's very, like, happily disconnected mm-hmm. from everything we grew up with. But it's a really, it's a really compelling story. It's some really, really gorgeous, like, very well-placed imagery in, you know, rural northern Idaho and... Like, if you're familiar with um, the Vision Forum-affiliated groups, um, Douglas Wilson yep. in Moscow, Idaho, and all that, it's the same kind of community, but, like, but Mormon. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And the mother, the relationship with the mother is just, like, heartbreaking. And, God, uh, my mom read it, and she, I read it, and we both cried a <laughs> lot, and it was a thing. It's fine. <laughs> she, like, called me up after she read it, and she was like, I understand things a lot better now. <laughs> yeah. It was like, thanks, yeah. mom. <laughs> yeah, that's been, it's been really nice to like, like I'm glad that came out because my teachers at school are now like, oh, I get it when you say you were homeschooled. 
I'm like, oh, I understand so much more about where you're coming from now. And I'm like, yes, okay. Right. It doesn't just mean that I grew up thinking that evolution was fake and like my math was neglected. It means a whole lot more than that. I explain school to people as being in a foreign country without knowing the customs. And and they understand that when I I explain it that way. Do you know do you know the concept of a third culture kid? Yes, vaguely. So I think that like psychologically speaking, homeschoolers and like ex fundies, people like us, um, quiverful escapees, whatever, they relate more sociologically and psychologically speaking yep. to third yep. culture kids than they do to standard yeah. American culture. So the third culture kid is like your parents immigrated. So you grew up speaking like their native language at home and English at school. And so you're kind of like torn between these two cultures and you code switch yeah. a lot and you are neither here nor there with both of these cultures. And I think like that's a really common experience and like emotional resonance with how people like us grew yeah. up where we like had this like other world that really didn't connect to anything yeah. in the real world. And we both like can operate we can operate in both spheres really well, but we don't really belong to yeah. either. And we're kind of the black sheep in that world. And we can translate it. And we're kind of like the awkward outsider in the regular right, world. Right, exactly. And we can translate it back, but like... It, it's we're in this weird bel- middle space of like neither it's, or. Yeah, we're in a liminal, we're in a liminal existence. Yeah. It's and my existence it, it, completely all the way through TBH. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. But like, yeah, so that's that's a definition of a third culture kid. And I think that like... Quiverful and homeschooling, fundamentalist homeschooling, like, creates a homegrown version of that. It does, yeah. I explain to people, I'm like, I grew up in Florida and, you know, in the U.S., but I don't know, I was not exposed to U.S. culture. Like, I don't have any of the touchstones that my peers have, except for, like, Bill Nye the Science Guy and PBS. That's it. Right, and I think this is why Educate is so good, because it focuses on her education as her key to getting Mm -hmm. out and, like merging these cultures or like navigating them and there's this great scene oh my god i think it's her first semester at brigham young university she is in a class and someone's talking about the holocaust and she like reacts to it in a way that is like a joke because she's so shocked Mm -hmm. because she'd never heard of the holocaust before So she sounds like a Holocaust denier yeah. in class, and the entire room just like turns on her and is like, <gasps> "Right, what?" Right, and she's like, "Oh, yeah. fuck, I missed." I'm something. taking, and so she like, uh, I'm taking history for the first time next semester, and I feel like that's gonna be me. It's intense. I mean, I love history. I I would not have been in that position, but I've also been in that position in other respects where it's like. Um, growing up in, like, high school in Virginia and, like, hearing, like, Confederate apologists, mm-hmm. like, talking about their version of history being yeah. about, like, oh, well, like, the Confederate, like, the Civil War was really about states' rights. I, I still find myself know, trade. when people talk about the Civil War being, like, having to remind myself that it was not actually about states' rights. Like actively reminding myself that both. Well, right, but, but like, it was a. It, but it was like lesser than I thought it was. Right. It's it's like it's one of those yes and right. situations where like the messaging was one way to like pretend like they weren't exactly. racist and 
And yes, it was really about slavery, but like all of the performative politi- like political right, right. moves were about yeah, states' yeah. rights. So it looks on paper like it might have been, but it yeah. wasn't. It's it's very complicated, and I just yeah yeah I'm taking African American history through film, and I'm like <sighs> my mind is going to be blown because so much of my history was whitewashed, and I'm just gonna be going into the class with like, all right, so I know zero. And I'm just going to sit here and listen <laughs> and absorb because right. all my history was written by white evangelicals in Texas. Yeah. And so there's this other piece of it, too, for, for me. Uh, so I, I grew up in California and Virginia. So California was, like, really not involved in the Civil War. They were just kind of like, yeah, we're dealing with our own shit here. We're playing there's kind some, of our own country. Gold. We don't really care. We'll send you some men, but, like, it's not our fight. Yeah. Um, so I grew up not really aware of the Civil War until I got immersed in, like, confederate apologist conservative christian homeschool world in richmond right <laughs> the capital of the confederacy yeah. and but before that it, so every um every student in fourth grade in california is supposed to take a california history course um public school private school and then homeschoolers if they want to like look like they're like, like actually school. private schools like they're come like they're claiming to be they do yeah. it too so in fourth grade, I did a, this like unit on California state history, and it was this like pro Spanish empire, um, pro mission like propaganda. <laughs> like the missions were plantations; right. they kept natives as slaves and made them work, and then just like. Yep infected them with smallpox and killed them all you off know. in thousands. Like, it was genocide. Yeah. It was, like, race-based slavery plus immunization genocide. Right. It was, like, really, really bad. And we didn't get any of that. Mm-hmm. And I had to, like, piece that back together, like, later as an adult when I'm, like, you know, revisiting, I don't know, like, Alien of the Blue Dolphins or something right. by Scott O'Dell, which is, like, recommended – where did all those people go? They probably all died of smallpox. Like, of course she was the only person left in her tribe. Like, oh my God, it's so bad. And yeah, it's just like overlooked. And every child in California reads Island of the Blue Dolphins in fourth grade and they don't get the, um, the context of it. I mean, I think public schools have changed a lot and they're really incorporating like the, the native narratives and like acknowledging the genocide that happened. But like, yeah, we got, like, fucking screwed over on history. Yeah, yeah. And I loved history, and so I'm like, so much of it is wrong. I'm like, it's frustrating. So, speaking of history, is there anything else about 2018 that we want to cover and talk about? The thing on the list that I see is shithole countries, and... Which um, we've covered in our colonialism yes. missions episode, basically. Right. Uh, and the embassy moved to Jerusalem think yeah so we really need to like talk about the anti-semitism within fundamentalist christianity because that connects to the pittsburgh shooting and we talked about this a little bit with my name change yeah um but like moving the embassy to jerusalem is like a strategic move to fulfill new testament prophecy in revelation when you translate and not translate interpret revelation in a very literal way mm-hmm. um and is just like a really aggressive political move that's completely unnecessary yeah i really want to talk to someone about this who has more context about we what need all to this like means. 
find a rabbi who yeah. we can get on to come on here and like talk about this because we were we were raised with a lot of anti-Semitic, racist um, ideology. And at the and same time, my parents feel, also like glorified like being Jewish. But you're Lebanese, and, like yeah. like what? <laughs> like there's like the what? <laughs> like and my, I, I, we're Ger- my family's German, like. What and my parents fuck? wanted to be messy, like they wanted to be Jewish, and they like wanted to be messianic Jewish, but like also didn't want to convert. There's a lot of weird relationships. It's a lo- there's a lot of there. like, like victim complex stuff aligned with racism and historical ignorance, and we got to talk about this in an yeah, episode. Yeah, at some so point. that'll we'll, it's we'll a talk big about deal. that with somebody who actually knows. What has that, authority what to talk means. about this. Yeah. <laughs> and can actually provide good information instead of just like my weird family history of appropriating Jewish culture for no reason. Uh, like, <laughs> it's yeah. so bad. It's so, so bad. So 2018 was so, so, so bad. Yeah. What was some of the like not shit things that happened this year? And on like a. I got a puppy. Oh, and your puppy is so good. I got a puppy. She's so good. She's napping now. She's yeah, finally. Um, finally, it took her a long time. I, you know, I recall. I lost a lot of really dear people to me, but I like bounced back and started EMDR, which God has been such a life changer. Like, oh my goodness, EMDR works for PTSD. If you haven't tried it for your PTSD, please talk to your therapist about it because it is the shit. Um. I and I wrote a whole lot on my memoir and um you know knock on wood it's due my first draft is due on February 11th so I'm going to be like Close. underwater from here on yeah. out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um but it was good and I like I talked to a lot of really helpful people and I took a couple of really great classes and like learned a whole bunch and I I feel really hopeful about where it's going to go and what 2019 holds. This is good. Yeah. How about you? I mean, I got rid of like five organs that I've been wanting to get rid of since I was 12. So Useless bastards. Yeah. So that, was, that was great. There was like this huge amount of healing that went into like waking up from surgery and realizing that the promise I made to myself when I was 17, like I followed through on and that was just like huge for me and i'm so proud of you yeah i'm like i'm like so happy about that everything like comes back to that for me now and i just i wake up every morning and i look at like i have the picture of my uterus that they took with the like lights or whatever that they use to like get my uterus out so there's like four pictures of my uterus with like inside my body mm-hmm. and it's like hung up on my wall and then like i sleep with my uterus pillow that I stabbed. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you sleep with it? Oh my god, that's so cute. So you know, it's good. There was a lot of. Hey guys, about that. by the way, if you want to get your own copy of that pillow, you can get it on our Zazzle site. Yes, you too can stab my uterus. It's very good. You too can stab your <laughs> uterus. It's fine with it. It's been donated to science to be stabbed more, so like, it's chill. I mean, all of the voodoo on the uterus. Right. Uh, that was okay. that was really the highlight. Um, but also I made a lot of like progress in organizing in like 
locally and on campus. That was huge. Yeah, let's talk about how you have a Nazi-based fan page now. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got, you got, like... And they did a, such a good job hey, pulling all of my work together. Like, I really just want them to so add my college work, done. and I could just, like, use it's, it as a resume. It's great. It's so good. It's this marvelous annotated biography of Kieran. Yeah. From a hate-fueled mindset, written by a Nazi, and it's so thorough, and I'm so pleased. Like, it has all of my, like, housing activism rolled in with all of my, like, homeschool reform activism, and I'm like, and it it happened at the time that I was struggling to put all of that together in a resume, so I'm like, this is just, like, (laughs) convenient. Thank you, dude, for being so angry with me. You decided to do an expose on all of my work and just put my resume together for me. (laughs) Like, hey. Hey, Karen, how can you, um, how can people support you um, as you continue to piss Nazis uh, off in 2019? Yeah, so I have my own personal Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Please go back that so I can, like, buy groceries while pissing off Nazis and getting through school because I need that. Yay, that would be helpful. good job. Yeah. So that was, I pissed um, off a lot of Nazis this year, so I'm calling it a success. If you want to um, buy Blanche dog food or me wine or coffee or tequila, um, as apparently I occasionally need, um, you can send me over Venmo at H.A. Ettinger. Um, haven't changed that handle yet. It's fine. Um, we'll get there. Yeah, you can. Yeah, it's, we'll get there later. Yeah. It's cool. But yeah, if you want to buy Blanche dog food or me booze. Yes, please support us as we go into the next year full of school and organizing and none of those pay well for groceries. So if you want to keep hearing the podcasts and keep feeding us, please subscribe to our Patreons and Venmos and all that. We appreciate it. It helps us keep going. You guys have made everything so much more fun this year as we've been able to like debrief on all of these shitty news stories by like venting to you about it and you listen and like support our work thank you for making this happen yeah we had like twenty two thousand, almost twenty three thousand listens on SoundCloud this year yeah i didn't realize fucking hell we We get like a thousand we get an average of a thousand listens an episode and we have this is what 21 this is 21 holy fuck Thank you, Thank guys. Thank you so much for making this possible and joining us on this grand experiment adventure thing that we're doing. Yeah. And thank you, Aaron, for volunteering your time and showing up and producing and editing every episode for us. Um, you really make our lives a lot easier. I am a very shitty sound <laughs> editor. Thank you so much for fixing it. And um, your contributions go to Aaron too. So on our Patreon, yes, like, you're... you pay for the quality. You pay for the quality of the sound. Yes. on this these episodes. Yes, we pay we pay Aaron to make our voices sound good. So your your support also goes to making the podcast sound great. So help us help you, so your ears don't hurt. Yes. Otherwise, it's just terrible. And like the first episode, oh, yeah, it's no, so bad. It's fine. <laughs> Which like thankfully Aaron has like gone and back fixed. and retracted. Yeah, fixed. Bless him. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, um, and we put up, if you have dollars you want to spend on, you know, charitable contributions, we put up a, a list to our uh, mailing list, but I think we'll yeah, put, put it up, it up on, on the blog, too. If you, 
if you want other places to donate money, artists you want to support. Um, yeah, or if you have like you a support. job that does donation matching and you want to do some donation matching to some really good organizations. Please send it to CRHE yes. because we really still need a little bit more to get us through 2019 by the end of 2018. Yeah, we still haven't met our, our fundraising goal for the Coalition for Responsible Home Education. And um, it is my job to, as a board member to ask you to help us so we can keep pissing off fundamentalist abusive homeschool parents and HSLDA and Mike Ferris. And those Nazis Thanks. that write, write such good exposés on all of my work. I'm like kind of like, jealous. Please like, donate to CRHE so I can get more of that happening because I'm starting the labor so organizing track Nazis at angry. school. So they have like some work to do to add on. So... <laughs> Um, so, dear Santa, I'm sorry you're a fascist. I hope we made you angry this year um, because the news this year was really shitty and we have a lot more work to do to, like, keep working against all this nonsense. And uh hope 2019 is better. Yes, here's to a better 2019. All right. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> See you eventually. Next year. <laughs> See you eventually. It's not next year. There's I'll a week before March. next it's- year. Uh, there's a week before yeah. next year. I'll see yeah. you later. Bye. Bye.